Good morning. Um, sorry for coming late for the class. Um, please uh, forgive me for that. And uh, let me ask that uh, for the next uh, couple of minutes we're able to interact on uh, a topic that I, ha I have taught in TBC in one of the Sunday school classes. And uh, I think it's important that uh, since I have uh, very little time uh, that we look at it, it's, uh, it's something that is common to all of us. Okay? So it's something that is common to all of us, something found in the Bible. And it's something that our Lord himself experienced. So what could it be? It's, um, sounds like a riddle, but what do you think? Something that is common to us, happens to us every day, and it's something that happened to our Lord also. Uh-huh. Temptation, good. Hi. Good class. So, temptation, that's what I would like us to spend a few minutes looking at. Uh, how long do I have, brother, so that I don't take us up to 3 p.m.? <laughs> 10 30. Okay, good. All right, so I want us to see or just to examine a little bit about temptation. Um, it's it's an interesting doctrine to study because it's one of the doctrines that we see appearing in the Bible, right? One of the first doctrines that we see appearing in the Bible, the doctrine of temptation, right? Our first parents are tempted, isn't it? We see, um, we see that Israel is tempted we see that our Lord himself is tempted. And the truth is, we are being tempted every day. And temptation comes in different ways. Um, and maybe we will look at this, and I hope you will also participate as we, because this is more of an interactive session. So, um, let's turn to James chapter 1, and then I'll pray, and then we can delve into, hopefully, looking at this topic. James chapter 1. <coughs> I'll read verse 2. Two and three, and then I'll skip. And read verse 13. But 13 and 14, sorry. James chapter 1, 2 and 3, and then 13 and 14. And I read. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And then verse 13 and 14. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Let's pray. O Lord, we pray that as we uh, take time this morning to look at this doctrine of temptation, that you would help us to understand uh, the truth from your word with regards to this phenomena and help us that we would know how to guard ourselves, we would know how to stand firm uh, so that we may not be caught up in temptation and that we may help those who are caught up in temptation and seek to restore them. So be with us, Lord, for we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so I've already laid the ground by showing that uh, temptation is important, or the study we need to study temptation because it appears in the Bible. And it is something we experience every day. 
like imagine how many times you are normally tempted every day you would probably lose count isn't it right try and think about your thoughts if i were to ask you how many times were you tempted yesterday in your thoughts right so many times isn't it so many times such that i remember a preacher giving an example and saying you know imagine if there was a machine a machine that is capable let's say we put it on your head uh, we, we we connect something on your head and this machine is able to project all your thoughts in a screen or on a screen and we do this let's say every sunday we connect that machine to each person who comes to church to be honest if today was your sunday you wouldn't show up in church isn't it <laughs> let's be honest isn't it <laughs> you wouldn't come to church you'll be like ah uh-uh, ah i don't want people to see what I, i was thinking about we are tempted in our thoughts we allow thoughts that we shouldn't allow we are tempted in our speech isn't it you're tempted to say something that you ought not to say and sometimes we fall and sometimes we overcome we are tempted constantly and so it's important that we must watch and pray i am here to teach this not that not so that we can just have some mental knowledge i want us to be excited to live godly lives i want us to be excited to fight off sin to deal with sin to ensure that we knock sin down and then we remain there and wait for it so that if it wakes up again you knock it down again you don't knock sin down and then go back you knock it and you are there i i, I was being told by brother carry that i think in the olden times uh you know these days when you are boxing uh, in boxing eh? you knock someone down and the referee tells you what go back to your to your corner isn't it so that this person can wake up but in the olden times there was no such thing in boxing someone would knock the other guy down and stand there waiting for them and if he wakes up you knock them down again that is the picture being portrayed about how we ought to deal with sin mortify sin remain there waiting for it giving it no chance giving it no hope to wake up and in the same way with temptation we are not just saying oh thank god i overcame that temptation it is locking that door putting a padlock on that door and then standing firm on that door so that it doesn't open again so what is temptation right so the word temptation is the greek word perasmos i hope i have pronounced it well perasmos or perasmos which can mean either trials okay and that's what james is talking about um count it all joy my brothers when you meet perasmos that's the word being used there and then it can also mean uh being enticed to sin which is what we see in verse 13 let no one say when he is perasmost so same word but two different meanings actually you will find that in the bible you have a lot of that you have one word that depending on the context the context changes the meaning so we when we go through trials trials are good isn't it trials are not bad when you go through hard times when you go through the fire when you lose your job when you lose a loved one when you go through sickness that's a trial but the thing is 
within the trial, there can be a temptation. Isn't it true? For example, what can be the temptation? Let's say you have a trial that uh, you stood for your faith, you are told to um, work with some guy to steal some money from your employer and you say no, and you end up being fired for standing for the truth. That's a trial, and we are told to rejoice in that. But what could be the temptation behind that? What do you guys think? What temptation could come out of that situation? Mm-hmm. Is, there, is there a way that you can be tried in such times? Don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. Yes. <laughs> it's simple. Mm-hmm. Yes. For standing for righteousness. Uh-huh. Bitterness, isn't it? Uh-huh. Okay. You might be tempted to have self-pity or also still provide Exactly. You say, hey, you know what? Because I'm actually leaving, why not go with something here? Okay. Uh-huh. What other way? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. You may think that because you did not commit that sin. Yeah. You are better than everybody. Okay? Alright? Uh-huh. Any other thing? Alright, so from those examples, we do see that trials are good. Trials are there to purify us. But even within the trials, there could be an opening to temptation. And this is what James is telling this church. That during this time of your trial, watch out. Watch out that this good process, this good process that is meant to sanctify you, doesn't end up being the very thing that causes you to fall away from the faith. So we see that that uh, temptation is negative in that way. Perismos in verses 13 and 14 is negative. It is that solicitation by sin. It is being invited. It is being called. You know, look. Remember our first parents, sir. Huh? Look at the tree. Look at that. Look at that fruit. You know, God is keeping something from you. And what are we told? She looks at it. She sees it. She thinks about it. And by the way, I would think, or the way I look at it is that Eve had already fallen into the temptation when she began to look and think, isn't it? That you, you stare at something, you, you look at it intently, with intention. That's where the temptation actually begins. You know, that's where you jump from temptation because temptation is not necessarily sin. To be tempted is not sin because Christ was tempted, isn't it? But there's a very thin line between temptation and sin. When now you begin to, you, you begin to think about it and to internalize it and start thinking, you know what? Yeah, they fired me uh, unjustly. They don't even deserve the years that I gave them. And then you, become, you begin to be bitter. And you begin to be angry. And then what happens? You find yourself into an action. You find yourself maybe gossiping or slandering your employer. You find yourself uh, maybe, you know, uh, if if you are really overwhelmed, throwing a stone at a window and breaking a window or two because you're really angry as you leave that place. Or you give people a piece of your mind. 
We need to watch out against this. We need to guard ourselves. So this is temptation, the definition of temptation. But then, let me ask this question as we continue to look at uh, this topic. Where do you think God is when believers are being tempted? Is he there with us? Is he far away from us? Um, where is God when we are being tempted? Is he absent? We see that, or what, if you look at the Bible, you see that God is there with us. Although God does not tempt, we are told in the Bible, for example, in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13, that what is God doing in the midst of trials or temptations? He provides what? A way of escape. So we must never think, because this is what some people think about temptation, that God allows temptation into our lives and then he is standing there just looking like a teacher who gives you an exam. You know how a teacher gives you an exam and then they stand back waiting to mark the exam? That's not God. God is there providing a way of escape. He's like an examiner, yes? Gives you the test but standing there and tells you, hey, here is the, here is the leakage. All you need to do is look at this. Look at the word. Look at what I have promised. Look at what I have done. Remember this. Remind yourself of this in that situation. God is active in temptation. He has given us uh, a way of escape uh, in, in various ways. W- what are some of the ways you think God has given us. I've mentioned one. We have the promises from his word. Uh, what other ways do you think we have that are a means of escape from, during times of temptation? What other tools are we given to overcome temptation that God has provided and God has made available to us during that time of temptation? Prayer, wonderful. That's, that's the first thing that came to my mind, isn't it? Prayer. Pray and ask God to deliver you. Right? Before any other thing, I think sometimes, many times, one of the reasons why we do not overcome temptation is because we don't pray. We begin by thinking, first of all, of some strategy, some thing I need to do. Look at the temptation. Look at the, very, uh, at the sin that most causes you to fall. Think of, of your own life, right? Think of that sin. Sometimes we tend to deal with it, first of all, by coming up with a strategy, right? Instead of beginning with prayer. For example, it's covetousness. Do you pray? We ought to be those who pray first and foremost. Okay, thank you, prayer. Uh-huh. What other thing? What other tool has the Lord provided for us? This is an interactive session, so I, I can't talk by myself. I need... You to be with me. Mm-hmm. Brethren fellowship, isn't it? Yeah, the fellowship of the brethren, right? Um, I mean, do we, do we consider that the brethren God has brought into our lives are a means to keep us from temptation? Right, that as we confess our sins one to another, as we hold one another accountable, 
as you make a call to a brother or a sister during a time of temptation and call them and tell them, hey, um, you know what? I'm about to do the very thing that I do not want to do. Please pray with me. Do we do that? Yet it's provided for us, brethren who walk with us, brethren who can hold us accountable. Uh Any other thing that comes to mind? A way of escape that the Lord has graciously provided. The word, okay. Uh-huh. I'd said that, but yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Any other thing that comes to mind? I think God does deliver us from temptation sometimes through providential circumstances. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh-huh. Give an egg. Yes, continue. I can see you have something, yes. You might, you might just be, be tempted to sin in a certain way. Yeah. And you, you happen to be somewhere where people are talking about that sin. <laughs> yeah. And um, you're kept from sinning like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah there, there, there are various ways that God... Providentially, Providentially keeps us. Keeps us. Yeah. Um, you might be, uh, you, know, you might be on YouTube, uh, maybe on your TV. Mm-hmm. You're going through what you would want to watch yeah. mm. there. You know, these days we have also all, all kinds of things, fiction, uh, TV. The power goes off. Mm. Yeah. I, I think that God might be preventing us from sin. Yeah. Or when we are tempted by providentially bringing circumstances along the way that do keep us from sin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you're walking, you're going to a place that you ought not to go. And as you're walking there, you just meet with a, hey, brother. You're like, oh, no. Ay, ay, ay. Hi. Uh, where are you going? Ay, ay, ay. Yeah, so you, you have to now. <laughs> you have to change plans. And uh, you thank God for that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and we thank the Lord for, for such things, isn't it? That he does work out by providence. I mean, God, the, the, the point I want us to see is that God is actively helping us in the time of temptation. He is there with us. His Holy Spirit is there with us, indwelling us. And we have not all said this, but connected, connected with the, the Word of God is, there is that... Um, uh, conviction of our own consciences, isn't it? Right? That uh, a, a conscience that has been sharpened by the word of God pricks you very sharply, isn't it? That you can even know that you're about to sin because you're even sweating. I don't know whether you've ever found that, right? That suddenly your body temperature just goes up. And your heart is pumping and you're wondering, oh no. Even your own, I mean, your conscience is working using your own body to tell you, please stop what you're doing. Because your heart is racing, you're sweating, you can't even think right, you, you, you can't even speak right. Your own conscience, as the Holy Spirit uses it, is pricking you. And by the way, we need to listen to our consciences. Uh, because uh, as, as they are sharpened by the word of God, they point us to those moments. Hey, brother, you know what you're, or sister, what you're about to say, what you're about to do is not right. Okay? 
so there are that. Is there anything else that I've left behind um, in ways that we see God actively helping us? When you talk about the providence of God, yeah. there's two things that have to come together mm-hmm. for temptation to become sin. Mm. Number one, opportunity. Uh-huh. Number two, desire. Mm. And so God often delivers us from temptation. For when we have the desire, we have no opportunity. Ah, yes. <laughs> and when we have opportunity, mm. we have no desire. Uh-huh. So those things uh, in the providence of God, opportunity and desire often, you know, He, he allows us to escape. Because mm. with every temptation, there is a means of escape. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we must pray that God uh, takes away opportunity mm. as well as desire. Desire, that's right. Flee youthful lust. lust. Yeah. Don't sit there and try to uh, uh, prove your virtue. Mm. Oh, I can take it. Mm-hmm. No, flee it. Run from it. Yeah. Don't put yourself in those positions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because when a man thinks he standeth, beware. Less. Less. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's so helpful. Not putting ourselves. God does deliver us from that, yeah, the desire, the opportunity. And could we even say then that we ought to watch out that we do not put ourselves in places where we can be tempted? In a position of being tempted. Don't watch the YouTube videos. Uh huh. You know enough not to watch them. Mm. Don't watch them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't. The, the scripture says, "Make no friends of an angry man, mm. lest you learn his ways." Ah. So don't put angry men in your life. In fact, if you come across angry men, get away from angry men. <laughs> mm. Don't. Hang around people who complain mm. and who are bitter. Find people who are joyous and lovely and and mimic their way. Amen. Yeah. So yeah, you know, opportunity and desire, always remember that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you can sometimes control opportunity. Sometimes it just falls upon you though and you can't avoid it. Yeah. But often you can avoid opportunity. That's right. Though sometimes desire is a little more tricky. It is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because we have that relic of the old man in us mm-hmm. that is so susceptible yeah. to temptation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think for, uh, what you're saying is so true and so helpful because you realize the company you keep helps you or doesn't help you when it comes to fighting temptation, isn't it? That when you have friends who are worldly in their thinking, all they ever think about is getting things and more things, and then on top of things, they add more things. It helps you. Does it help you with Covetousness, fighting of covetousness when you're hanging around people who all the time are talking about heaping up the things of this world. Right? I've, I've discovered when there are times you just start realizing, where is this thing suddenly coming from? Why am I dealing with covetousness all of a sudden? Why am I battling with covetousness? And to be honest, when I trace it, it's probably a friend or friends you are hanging out with or someone you are watching on YouTube. Maybe they are, not, they are not using bad language and they are not showing bad images, but they are building covetousness in your heart, isn't it? Such that you just find yourself, all you ever think about, you are seated in church and all you are thinking about is, I need money, and then on top of money, I need more money. <laughs> and then on top of the more money, I need more, more money. And by the time you get to number three, the pastor is saying, let's pray. You haven't even heard the sermon because you're just 
thinking about what you need to acquire. We need to be very careful. Right? Yeah, so watch out who you are inviting into your life, either through YouTube or through Instagram or through, uh, whether it's in the office, at your workplace, be very, very careful. Okay? Yeah. All right? Yes, anyone else with something to say before I move to uh, the next bit, which is uh, reward of overcoming temptation. I want us to, uh, since no one else has something to add. Now, um, I want to say this, eh? uh, and hopefully we can discuss this. I want to hear from you guys. Um, that are we rewarded? Do, is there a reward for overcoming temptation? Now many people would say there is no reward for overcoming temptation. But what I want to argue and what I want us to see is that there is a reward to overcoming temptation. There is a blessing to overcoming temptation. Why? I want to show first of all, and uh, we can discuss this, that there is the general blessing of obedience to God. Anytime we obey God, there is a blessing. It, may not, it might not be a tangible blessing because sometimes, and this again is something that uh, we, we, we have sort of learned from the... It's, it's something that we have, as we have become reformed, we have gone on this side of the pendulum because we sometimes think of blessings as getting a house, getting a car, getting tan- something tangible. But have you ever thought of joy as a blessing, for example? When you overcome temptation in your life, when you have been so... Imagine the time that you are so tempted. You are tempted to the point of you are about to fall. And then the Lord helps you in one way or another to overcome that temptation. What comes into your heart? Joy, isn't it? I mean, joy is a wonderful blessing. That fact that you have that piece of... You have peace in your heart. I remember talking to this brother um, who had been constantly under uh, a certain temptation for so long, constantly just being tempted and falling sometimes, uh, getting to the edge, and it was so hard for him. And I met up with him after a couple of months. It was maybe six or seven months we hadn't seen one another. And I looked at him and I told him, Brother, I can see that you are more joyful than you are last time we met. And he told me, yes. I'm so happy, Pastor, because the Lord has helped me to deal with that sin. The Lord has helped me to overcome that sin. And you could even see it in his face. You could even see it in his... his, I mean, everything. Just... I can't, I can't quite describe it, but there is a way in which you know when someone is at peace. And you can know when someone is under conviction of his own conscience. Whenever our consciences prick us, do we have joy? I mean, can you have joy when you have disobeyed God? Can you sing, let's make a joyful noise? when you are allowing yourself to be overcome by sin, you can't. For you, that hymn is a burden. But oh, when you overcome temptation, when the Lord helps you to stand and stand firm, what joy reigns in our hearts. That's one big blessing that we deny ourselves when we allow ourselves to be enticed and to fall into temptation or into sin. There is a, that general blessing of joy. 
as we obey God, we gain relational benefits with Him and our joy and our peace in Him increases. Well, the other thing uh, that the Bible shows us is that one of the blessings of uh, overcoming temptation is that we are strengthened spiritually or we strengthen our spiritual maturity. So when we choose the way of the cross, when we choose the way of righteousness, and we deny ourselves when we fight off the flesh, we grow spiritually. You know, in, in uh, something that is sad that, uh, again, we, we, we see a lot of times is people think that spiritual maturity comes by um, someone laying hands on you or walking around uh, people with big titles or simply going to a conference or a seminar. But one of the ways we grow spiritually is by us fighting sin, overcoming sin, choosing suffering, choosing to deny ourselves For the cross. This is what Paul says in Romans chapter 5 and verse 3. Not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Look at that. That when we choose suffering in temptation, what happens? Our endurance grows. And endurance produces character. Our character grows. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Look at that. As we choose to suffer, as we choose to have that pain of saying, you know what? My, my flesh right now is in pain because I am not giving it this thing that it wants. Guess what? On the other side, you are spiritually growing in, in endurance. You are growing in your character. You are, as you grow in saying no to sin, fighting off sin, you're growing on this other side. So we mature spiritually as we fight off sin. We grow in hope. So we gain this wonderful blessing. So I, I just have those two. I don't know whether there are others that come to your mind as benefits of us overcoming temptation. Are there benefits? that you think of uh, in terms of overcoming temptation? Are there things that we gain as we fight off sin in our own lives? Is there an experience you have gained? Something you have learned? Yes? Am I seeing? Okay, no. Right. So my encouragement to us, the reason why I, again, this is, this is a topic that I taught over a month. I'm trying to uh, compress it. Uh, but one of the things I want to do is to encourage us that, brethren, the Lord has given us all that we need to fight sin. And... He has not simply given us all that we need to overcome sin. He has promised to bless us 
as we overcome sin, as we overcome temptation, there is joy on the other side. There is peace on the other side. Because we are not at peace in our own hearts when we allow sin in our hearts. We don't have joy. We rob ourselves of the joy of the Lord when we allow ourselves to be taken up by temptation. But oh, what a wonderful thing. What a blessed reality. What a joyful reality it is when we trust in God and when we fight off uh, sin in our lives. All right, let me stop there unless there is a question or uh, uh, an addition or something to be said on that. Yes, hey, please. Mm-hmm. Our own passions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how should we think about the devil? As the devil tempted Christ, as Paul says, the tempter may have tempted you. Mm. Uh, or as we see the devil is going, roaming around, mm. I'm looking for whom to devour. Yeah. The work of the devil in temptation. I think that's a very good question. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I'll, I'll get, again, I'll quote my brother Kerry that the devil has only one, has one weapon and one weapon only. And that is the, the lie. That's his biggest weapon. So, the, 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 the part that the devil play, plays is to lie to you at that moment of temptation. Just as he lied to our first parents. You know, you will become like God. That's what he comes and tells you. You know what? If, if you just watch that video, I mean, it doesn't hurt anybody. It's just you watching... A video on your laptop by yourself in your own little room. It doesn't hurt anyone. It doesn't involve anyone. But it involves someone else. It involves God. You're sinning against God. So the devil comes in. He doesn't, because sometimes um, uh, there is this picture created that, uh, and, and you see it many times, people saying this. It is the devil. It is the devil who made me to sin. And, uh, you know, there, there is all this blame on the devil everywhere these days. And that's why you are seeing people say, having ministries where they cast out demons. You know, I have a demon of alcoholism. No, you have a sin of alcoholism. Stop blaming demons. You are the one who went, you took one bottle, you took another bottle, you took another bottle, you took ten bottles by yourself. No demon came there, opened your mouth and poured. Unless that happened. (laughs) And you'll need to give us proof that that happened. So, the devil has no spooky powers where he, he comes and he gets into and, and he makes your hand to stretch out and to steal and then brings your hand like this and then puts it in your pocket. Uh-uh. He just tells you a lie. He wants you to believe a lie. You know, you will be more comfortable if you take that. Imagine how comfortable you will be if you just take that phone. Oh, imagine, imagine how much you will serve the church if you just take that money. Imagine how much you will help if you just say that lie. Think about how you will protect yourself. 
Think about how you will preserve your job if you say that lie. Isn't that what the devil comes and says? Whispers in our ears. So that's the work, main work of the devil. It is simply to bring in the lie. And if we believe the lie, you fall. But what do we have? We have the word of God. And that's why you will see the apostles reminding us, telling us, and you know. Remember. Remember. You already know. You already know what God has promised. You already know what you ought to do. Do that. So I don't know whether I've answered. Um, is it helpful? Yeah. Is there someone who has something else to say? To resist yeah. the devil. Mm. I mean, that's the command right? yeah. here mm. in this context. Mm. James 4 and verse 7. Mm. But before that it says, Submit yourselves to God. To God, yeah. Resist the devil. Mm. And he will flee. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so we must uh, twofold. We must always walk in light of the gospel. Yeah. Because the devil will come, and he doesn't come to try to trap those he already has. Hmm. But to trap those to bring dishonor to God, because he ever lives to bring dishonor to God. Yeah. So the word there to resist the devil is you know, is the word to stand against, mm-hmm. anti, and and we would, uh, you know, the word is... Uh, Opposed to, yeah. Anti-histamine, mm-hmm. which means against the stand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's passive, submitting yourself to God, yeah. active, resisting the devil. That's right. And he's coming, and he comes in many forms, mm. and he sneaks up on you, in fact, he can use scripture to tempt you. Mm. You know any account of that? Mm-hmm. In the Bible where he might have used scripture to tempt someone. With Christ he did, yeah. And Christ knew the scripture because he wrote them. Mm. <laughs> and yet the devil came at him, which was interesting, at his strongest point. Mm. Where would a man think he stands? Yeah. So we preach a sermon. We're so proud of our sermon because we've really been used of God, and then Satan's right there. Mm-hmm. He tells you, you up. That's right. You see, going to the back of the church. That's I don't know if y'all do this, but but in America, this you know the it, on churches our size, they expect the pastor to go to the door. Mm. And greet the people on the way out, okay? And but and somebody comes to you and says, Oh pastor, that message was so wonderful. Mm. You get addicted to that. Yeah. Because then the next time they walk out they say nothing and you say, Oh <laughs> was my message not wonderful. See, again Satan suddenly when you think he wouldn't, there he is. Mm-hmm. Well, surely he will only come to me when I'm weak. Well, he does, but he also comes because he sets you up. Mm-hmm. Knowing how to use our own nature against us. Yeah, yeah. I, I will highly actually recommend a sermon uh, on that by Keith Underhill. It's found on someone audio on the temptation of Christ. It was really helpful because it shows that... that um, the devil tempts, often tempts us when we are at our highest point. Okay? Christ had just been baptized. And there is a voice that came from heaven. This is my son in whom I am. Well pleased. So this is his highest moment. And then after that, what happens? He's tempted. What happens to Israel? When are they tempted? At their highest point, when they've just seen... Pharaoh and all his armies being drowned. That's when temptation comes. When you are puffed up. When you think you stand. When you think, ah, finally I've gotten it. Finally, I'm that man. Watch out. 
he's probably closer than you think. Fine. Yes. Mm-hmm. Anyone else? Anyone else with something to add? All right. Uh, so let's stop there. Uh, thank you so much. Um, the, 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 this topic on uh, temptation, I, I taught it in TBC, I think, last, last year, December. If, if you want to get more of, of that, you can get it from the, the Trinity Baptist Church. It uh, uh, should be YouTube, uh, YouTube page. Uh, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the God who helps us to stand firm against the work of evil. You help us to stand firm against the work of our flesh. And we pray, O Lord, that you would help us. O Lord, our eyes are sources of temptation. We find ourselves with wandering eyes, coveting that which belongs to others. Looking unto things that we are not supposed to look at. Help us, O Lord. We find ourselves tempted in our many words, for your word says, in many words, sin does not lack. O Lord, help us to tame our tongues. Help us in our thoughts that we will not allow sinful thoughts that make us think so highly of ourselves or that make us look down upon our brothers or think evil of them. We pray that you would forgive us and help us to overcome these lies of the evil one by fleeing and by looking to your word. Remind us of the truth from your word so that we may be those who overcome. And we pray, O Lord, that you would grant us joy in our hearts as we fight off sin, that you would grant us peace with our own consciences as we fight off and battle sin. We pray that we may grow in our spiritual maturity. We may exercise our spiritual muscles as we continue to beat down the flesh and not giving it any room. So be with us, O Lord, for we pray and ask this in Christ's name. Amen.